Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. And we're going to be, as you can see behind us, concluding our series on Unlimited today. I don't know about you, I've really enjoyed this series and it's been great to start the year reminding ourselves that the God that we serve has no limitation. The God that we serve is infinite and it's been I don't know about you, I've just really enjoyed this series. I've enjoyed this series so much that, I don't know if you noticed, but we're actually in week six. Now, we've actually, this is probably one of the longest series that we've ever preached. Such is the nature of this topic. And I've really enjoyed all the different messages that we've been able to, uh, to share from this platform this morning. Because I love the fact that God actually calls us to live beyond ourselves. We're all limited in many, many ways. And yet God, who is not limited, calls us to live a limitless life through him. You know, not all limits are bad. We've spoken about a number of limits that we have in our lives that are there for our protection or for the protection of others. But one of the things that I've noticed in my life is that the limits that I have around myself are often reactionary. What do I mean by that? Often we have a limit of some description that we put in place. But then when we experience a little bit of hurt or a little bit of pain, we react to that by bringing that limit in a little bit further. Only to find that even when we bring that limit in a little bit, we still experience some hurt and some pain. And reactionary again, we bring that limit in a little bit closer. And sometimes we find ourselves with our limits in so close that they're actually boxing us in. They're fencing us in. And because sometimes when we set those limits that are reactionary, the thinking that is there to protect us, to stop us from experiencing hurt or pain, are often the very limits that trap us. And so this series is all about reworking out or working out where our limits actually are, expanding them out again and living the life that God wants us to live. Throughout uh, this series, we've been using the scripture 2 Corinthians 6 verses 11 and 12 from the message. It says, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. You see, often we take the limitations that we feel and we project them up onto God. Whereas what this scripture is saying, no, no, take the limitless nature of God and let it shine down onto your circumstances. Let's not get trapped in our own thinking. You see, the impossible doesn't deny the existence of God. It simply highlights the limitations of humanity. And as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, in Mark chapter 6, 
it says that Jesus went back to his hometown and he wasn't able to perform any miracles there. Not because he didn't want to. Not because he didn't have any power. But because the people there didn't have the faith for him to be able to perform any miracles. And Jesus just let that happen. He gave them their request. Their thinking limited what Jesus was able to do in their lives. Not because of his power, but simply because he granted them their wish. We've had some great messages in this series. They're all available on our app. And so I would suggest you get that, that you listen to all of these messages. But today, we're going to look at unlimited patience. Now, when I was down at West just before and I said, hey, we're going to live, look at unlimited patience, there was quite literally a groan <laughs> that went through the auditorium. And you know what I take from that? I take from that that we need to hear this message. Because... <laughs> I don't know about you, but my patience is limited. I like to think of myself as a patient person. But then again, I like to think of myself as a funny person. I like to think of myself as a good-looking person. And clearly, all of that has limits. You see, in the ultimate divine stitch-up of God... As I was driving to West this morning with Maddie Ruse driving me, the bridge is up. In the ultimate divine stitch up, we actually got to the bridge to find it up. And we're looking at it, we're looking online, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do, how long is it going to be up for, until Ruse grabs reverse and we go backwards down Port River Expressway to straddle the median strip in his brand new car so that we could get through to West the back way to be there on time. I'd like to think of myself as a patient person. No. Two weeks ago, the road that I have to drive at least twice every day Changed from 60 kilometres an hour to 50 kilometres per hour. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? My wife and I are discussing this. Who would have thought of that? Who made that call? Here's the crazy thing. Literally the road that I drive on is about a kilometre long. The difference between 60 and 50 in terms of time means nothing. I can tell you what it is going to mean. It's going to mean some speeding fines are coming up for the Bennett household. <laughs> My patience is very limited. I see how limited my patience is when I come up to an orange light. Yeah, I, I hear it. I hear that murmur. You know what it's like, you're driving down the road, the lights are green, everything is good, then they change. And in that split second, the thought that's in my head and yours, can I make it? 
Am I close enough? Often, or sometimes, followed by, ooh, this might be close. (laughs) And all it shows is how limited my patience actually is. I hate catching flights. Why? Because everything is rushed to wait. Have you noticed that? You're madly at home getting everything packed and everything in the car so that you can chuck it all in the car so that you can get to the airport on time to wait in the queue while you get your ticket. And finally you get to the front of the counter and you get your ticket and what do you do? Rush to customs or rush to the security area. I've got my ticket, now I've got to go. So I rush to wait in the queue while they scan all my bags and do that random test. (laughs) And I get through security, so I rush to the coffee shop because after all of that, I need caffeine to wait. And I'm sitting in the cafe to rush to the gate to wait for them to open the flight So that we rush to wait in the queue to board the airplane. They scan your boarding pass. What do you do? Rush to the plane to wait for it to take off. So that you can fly just to have the whole experience repeated on the other end. Am I speaking to people this morning that perhaps realise that their patience might not quite be where it needs to be? You see, we live in a very instantaneous world now. Growing up on the farm was not instantaneous. When we wanted to watch a movie, we had to go to the video store to hire it. For me, the closest video store was 25 kilometres away. If you really, really wanted to watch a video that night, most of the time it didn't happen. But now, instantaneous. Which streaming service do you want? We live in a world that is not designed to wait anymore. When I was growing up, we used to save our money for items. Now, we put it on our credit card or we afterpay or whatever so that we can have the items now. Fast food. You don't even get out of your car. And yet, if they tell you there's going to be a two-minute delay, please go into the waiting bay... No way! I came here for fast food. If you can't be fast, it's just, it's in the name, people. How about going to the cinema nowadays? You can actually pay a little bit more if you book online to jump the queue. We live in a society which is instantaneous. And that's not wrong. But what we are doing is that we're losing our training ground for patience. You see, what is happening is that all of a sudden, 
we're not in the space of being, of, of being able to wait anymore. We're losing our training ground for patience and then wondering why there's more road rage and why there's more shopping centre rage. How about walking rage with people with slow trolleys in front of you? Oh. We're losing our training ground for patience. You see, I have an expectation of instantaneous and so do you. Just like the great rock band Queen. I want it all and I want it now. But we do need to be a little bit careful what we ask for. Because the reality is when we say we want it all, we only want the good. We want the good and we want it now. And so... As we're looking today at our last topic in this series, Unlimited Patience, we're going to look at what it is to wait well. And the first thing that I think that we need to remember to wait well is that God is actually very patient with us. He's patient with us in a couple of different areas. And the first area is in regards to salvation. 2 Peter 3 verses 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The context of this passage is all about Jesus' return. And as a Christian, I'd really like Jesus to return soon. I don't know about you. I look around me, I see a broken and hurting world and I know that at Jesus' return, all of that is going to get fixed up. And so the longing in me is, hey, Jesus, won't you come back soon? And yet God is very patient with us because the flip side to that coin is what about all the people that don't know him? You see, when Jesus returns, it is actually going to finalise the choice that we make. For those who are Christians, it finalizes the choice and we get to go and be with God forever. But for all of the non-Christians, it finalizes their choice too. And they will go to an eternity away from Christ just as they've chosen to live their lives. And so God is not slow in returning. He's being very patient with us. What about that person that needs just one more minute to make a decision? What about that person that might need just one more week, one more year to make that decision? See, God is very patient with us because he doesn't want anyone to perish. Our challenge in that, are we helping people to find him? You see, if God is being patient because he doesn't want anyone to perish, then that means that we have a role to play in introducing them to Jesus. And so let's not be slack in taking up our responsibility in that as well. The second area that I see that God is really patient with me is in my ongoing failures. You know, there are times in my life where I, I grapple and I try and get control over something and God is very patient with me to be honest with you, there's times in my life where I'm not even trying to wrestle or grapple. I'm just doing my own thing anyway. 
And God is still very patient with me. Just recently, I had a uh, moment with one of my children and with God. One of my children hadn't done what I'd asked them to do. And we were having a conversation that went something along the lines of, hey, how many times have we spoken about this? But honestly, it was a bit more accusatorial than conversational. It looked more like, how many times have we spoken about this? And as my child looked up at me and said, lots. (laughs) I felt God ask me, do you think that is as more or less than if I was to ask you the same question? Oh... Oh, undone in a moment. Undone because what I was saying to my child wasn't wrong. But it wasn't with the grace that should have been there because of the grace I've experienced in my life as well. Exodus 34.6, Numbers 14.18, Nehemiah 9.17, Psalm 86.15, Psalm 103.8, all say, God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Did you notice they're actually all Old Testament scriptures? Some people ask me, hey, look, how come the God of the Old Testament looks very different to the God of the New Testament? The God of the Old Testament always seems so angry. No, no, the Old Testament scriptures testify that God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonour others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Some of you are having wedding flashbacks right now because it's a scripture that gets read out at many weddings. And whilst it's not wrong that it is read out at many weddings, it actually isn't applying to the love that people have towards each other. It's actually telling us about the love of God towards us. The love of God towards you is patient. The love of God towards you is kind. The love of God towards you is not trying to expose you, but to bring you on a journey. God is incredibly patient with us as we walk through this life. You know, when we are patient then, we're actually expressing God's character towards us. And so the question then becomes, how? How do we get this patience? Well, again, as I read out a couple of weeks ago, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And healthy fruit comes from healthy trees. And so the way we get the fruit of the Spirit, the way we tap into this patience that God can help us with is by making sure that our relationship with him is strong. Let's make sure that we're spending time with him. Let's make sure that we're reading the Bible because as we continue to make our relationship with him stronger, the fruit of the Spirit will become more evidence in our lives and that includes patience. God's process for all of us involves waiting. If you're anything like me, you would have experienced that God gives a call, God gives a promise, God gives a word. And then there seems to be this waiting time before it actually comes to fulfillment. As Pastor Dan preached at, you know, last year, God doesn't move immediately, but he does move suddenly. He gives the word, we're in this waiting period, and then suddenly the fulfillment comes. And we see this pattern all throughout Scripture. David waited 13 years from being coronated to becoming king. Abraham waited 25 years for Isaac, his promised child. The Israelites waited 430 years to be delivered from Egypt. Noah waited 120 years for the flood to come. Jesus waited 30 years to start his ministry. The disciples waited 10 days for the Holy Spirit to come. This process of waiting is part of God's plan. And the better we get in the middle here, the better we get at waiting well, the better we will all be. So how do we develop this patience? How do we wait well? Firstly, let's keep perspective. Do you know what? I am a control freak. And so are you. How do I know? Because we don't like waiting. Why do we not like waiting? Because waiting shows our reliance on someone else or something else. And we don't want to be reliant on someone else or something else. We want to be in control. And so we need to make sure that we keep perspective and that we keep God in his proper place. You see, waiting on him is a reminder that I need to rely on him. It's a reminder that his ways are higher than my ways. Isaiah 55, 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We need to keep perspective. We don't have the whole picture, but God does. And so let's make sure that we're keeping God in the right place in our lives. Just because you don't understand something doesn't mean you have to doubt. Do you know how much I know about flying? That much? Does that mean I doubt a pilot every time I get into a plane? No. 
Just because I don't understand doesn't mean I have to doubt. What it does mean is that I need to go, hey, I don't understand this, but someone else does and rely on that other person. When it comes to your life, you can rely on God. He knows all the pieces of the puzzle. He can make it fit together for you. You don't need to doubt just because you don't understand. You see, impatience shows that I think I know better than God. And when that happens, I need to, un to tap into the unlimited wisdom of God that we've already looked at in this series. I need, him to, I need to let him reveal the truth to me about the circumstances that I find myself in. And if he's silent, do you know what I need to do? Let him be God. If God doesn't speak to me directly, that's okay. He's got this. And he will reveal to me when I need to know what's happening next. Let's keep perspective. You see, God's delays are not his denial. If he said it will happen, it will happen. But it will happen in his timing, not necessarily in yours. The second thing in terms of waiting well, how do I develop this patience? Take your next step. If we're not careful, sometimes we can turn waiting time into paralysis. See, when God speaks to you and gives you that dream, that vision, that word, it's beyond where we currently are. And we need to grow into that calling. That's what the waiting time is actually for. It's the time and the space for us to develop and grow into that calling. But if we're not careful, we can be so busy waiting that we don't do anything else. And we turn waiting into paralysis. God may call you to something big, but every big thing starts small. And so take your next step. Get involved somewhere. You know what? I've actually never heard God call me to preach. I've never heard God call me to be a pastor. What God called me to was, will you do whatever you can to build the local church? That was what he called me to. Do you know how that looked? That looked like me getting on a serving team. It got me involved in helping people. It got me involved using my possessions to help the church. I think my trailer has been used more by the church than it has by me. And you know what? That's fine. It's something that I've been blessed with and it's something that I can bless others with. Take your next step. I know this might be mind-blowing to some of you, but when Kathy and I first came to Victory Church, we were still selling, in, well, not selling, giving away instant coffee out of an urn. What that shows is that we're old. Well, I am. And so we had a welcome lounge where we were still serving instant coffee. And I had a small domestic coffee machine at home. What did that look like? It looked like me bringing equipment from home to church 
so that we could bless the visitors that we had coming through the door. Quite literally, my daughter had just been born. And Kathy would carry Olivia into church and I would load up Olivia's pram with all of my coffee equipment <laughs> and walk it into church. Why? Because it's what we had. Why? Because it's your next step. Why? Because every big thing starts small somewhere. Whatever your next step is, take it. You might be waiting on God for a big thing. Find the small thing and be obedient in that as well. Take your next step. You see, waiting time isn't wasting time. Allow the growth to happen inside of you whilst you're waiting. This is where we need to tap into God's unlimited power in our lives. Because in that waiting time, we can often feel powerless. But God has unlimited power for you as well. And it's a power that gives you the authority to decide, the ability to do, and the strength to carry it out. Let's make sure that we're not paralyzed in our waiting. The third thing, check your heart. Between the promise and the fulfillment, don't get discouraged. Between the promise and the fulfillment, don't let anger or frustration rest in your heart. God, you told me that you, I was going to do this. You gave me a word. What's happening? Fine. If you're not going to answer it, I'm out. No. If he said it, it will come to pass. Don't let the frustration, the anger, the bitterness get inside. Make sure you check your heart. Check, are you still operating in faith? Are you still actively waiting, not just passively waiting? You see, when I grew up as a child and we were getting ready for dinner and I'd go and hassle my mum and say, hey, how long till dinner? And mum would say, hey, just sit at the table and wait. What she was really saying was, go away from me, I'm busy. And I'll let you know when we're ready. It was a passive waiting. But what we see in the Bible is an active waiting. We see the father of the prodigal son. The prodigal son took his inheritance, went away, squandered it, decided to come back. The scriptures say, while he was still far away, the father saw him. There's an active looking for when it comes to patience. There's an active looking. Check your heart. Is there discouragement there? Have you stopped actively looking for God's movement in your life? Check your heart. Are you trying to manufacture a result? We see in the story of Abraham, a promised son was given. And yet after a little while, Abraham and Sarai decided, you know what? This thing isn't working. Nothing's happening. Let's manufacture a result. And there was a result. A child was born, but it wasn't the promised child of God. Are you in the middle of a waiting period knowing that God has called you to something but trying to manufacture your own answer? It won't work well. Check your heart. Make sure that you... And God are still on the same page. This is where we need to activate the unlimited hope 
that Pastor Dan was speaking about from last week. You see, that hope, as Dan was saying, starts in lack. Don't let that starting in lack rob you. Proverbs 13.12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Deferred means delayed, postponed or withheld until a certain time. But hang on a sec. Aren't we talking about waiting? Aren't we talking about having things deferred? Look at the scripture. The result may be deferred. Don't let your hope be deferred. Let your hope always be current in any situation that you find yourself. The result may be coming, but your hope is now. Don't let your hope get deferred. The fourth thing, be where you are. As we're waiting, we're stuck in the middle here somewhere between the promise and its fulfillment. Own the season that you're in. Sometimes we can get into that spot where we look back at the promise and say, hey God, what's going on? Or sometimes we look forward to a result. But you know what? God can't meet you there. Why? Because you're not there. God can only meet you where you are. God can't meet you at the moment into the future. He can't meet you at the moment into the past. Be where you are. You're in a moment right now. Embrace your season. Embrace God. One thing that I've seen in my own life Nothing is ever all bad or all good. Things might be bad, but find the good in every season. Focus on the good and be where you are. This is where we need to activate the unlimited peace that you can find in him. It'll bring a settledness, a confidence and an assurance. Why? Because I may not be where I want to be, but I am where God wants me to be. And I can find peace in that. Finally, today, and as the band comes, keep praying. How do we wait well? How do we develop patience? Keep praying. If you find yourself in the situation saying, How long, Lord? How much longer does this need to go on? You're in really good company. Because all the prophets prayed that. Habakkuk. Anyone pregnant looking for baby names? Habakkuk. <laughs> Known as the praying prophet. How long, God? You see what's happening in the world? How long, God? Read the Psalms. You'll see David and many of the other writers. How long, Lord? How long do we have to endure this? Keep praying. Allow him to answer. You know what? Remember that when you're praying, Christianity is all about the relationship with God. Often we turn our prayer life into praying for a, a result, praying for an answer. But along the way, let's remember that praying is actually a lifeline. We may pray into a promise, or sorry, don't just pray into a promise. Pray to get God. Pray to develop a relationship with him and allow him to help you 
to wait well. Because this is where we need to tap into the unlimited grace that God has for us. See, grace is a gift, but we need to receive it. We need to open it and we need to apply it into our lives. If I can ask you to stand this morning. We're going to go back into worship in just a moment. Because if, like me, you find yourself in a spot going, hey, you know what? I need some more of this patience that God has for me. Remember that patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And by getting closer to God, that patience can help outwork in your life. And so as we go back into worship, let's spend some time just reflecting on the goodness of God to us and how He wants to move in our limited lives with His unlimited presence. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 